Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Panther Post podcast, where we go over some uh, one simple topic, try and keep our episodes down to 10 minutes. Last one was about Pro Bowl snubs, defense rookie of the year. And today we are going to give our take on what the Panthers need to do with this whole non-rebuild, rebuild type of process that we have going on at the moment. So, as I said, be around 10, 15 minutes. Appreciate you tuning in. And we will start this off with Andy. So, go ahead, Andy. Let's see what you got. All right. So, the Panthers are in a very interesting situation, right? So, I've looked at it from, like, different standpoints versus, like, should they, like, try to keep, like, try to win now? Or should they just continue a slow rebuild process and go on? And it, it seems like, is just mixed signals with what they're trying to do. So I thought originally that they would go into the draft. They might try to trade up and take one of the top three uh, QB prospects, right? And it, once I and then the whole Matthew Stafford thing happened. And when I saw the Panthers had offered the number eight pick and Teddy Bridgewater, I was kind of like, not that that isn't like a fair price for him, but, like, if you remember what happened with the Cam Newton situation, th- their concerns with Cam Newton was, oh, he's north of 30, he has injury concerns. Like, isn't that the same issue with Matthew Stafford? Like, right. I think Matthew Stafford has, like, just better arm strength, but, like, if those were your concerns about Cam, they should continue to be your concerns about Matthew Stafford, who's, I think, 33 or 34 one. So, yeah. uh, and I don't think the Panthers after this year will be in the top 10 for picks. They were lucky to have a top 10 pick this year, considering they were in almost every single game and probably should have snuck away with a couple of them had it not been for some just horrendous coaching, Teddy Bridgewater, however you want to say it. They they, they, they just lost some games they probably shouldn't have. And uh, that being said, I don't think trading your all your assets that you do have for just a quarterback will right the ship at all, even if it is for Deshaun Watson, for example, like you just can't allocate all those resources there. So after thinking about it, I think what they should be doing is so with the eighth pick in this year's draft, if Justin Fields, well, let's say Trevor Lawrence goes first as a given. So or either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, if they fall to eight, then I'd be okay with taking one of those quarterbacks. Okay. But I don't think they should trade up to take a quarterback and I don't think they should reach for a quarterback. So let's say the top three prospects are taken. I don't think like next in line, Mac Jones, I, like that shouldn't be the eighth overall pick. Yeah. Like the team has too many holes, too many areas of need to just reach that hard with the eighth overall pick in the draft. So I think at eight top three quarterbacks are gone. You go ahead and take best player available. I mean, either, I know you're a big fan of Kyle Pitts, but I just any whoever they have highest on their board, and if Mac Jones is there in the second round, third round, that's when you start looking at maybe bringing in some competition for Teddy Bridgewater. Because looking at it even more, I don't think getting rid of Teddy is a good option either. Because he's he's guaranteed all but two million of his contract, so they only saved two million dollars by releasing him or trading him. So right. I'm almost inclined to just roll into the season as much as it sucks and as much as we've criticized Teddy Bridgewater, just roll into the season with him and 
I mean, that's that, that's that might be the best option for him. I, I mean, I hate it as a fan because I just I don't like watching him play, but it might be um, the best for the team. Right. Yeah. So, um, again, on next gen stats, statistically, he was the most cautious quarterback in the entire league. I don't know how they put that in percentage, but they do. And it's just frustrating when we have so many deep threats available and we have so many chances that we could take and we just have the guy that's not willing to pull the trigger. Right. And when, and whenever he does pull the trigger, it's always underthrown. Like he doesn't have the velocity on his passes to be able to maximize the, maximize our offense's abilities. We have one of the best offense coordinators in the game. One of the top five receiving cores in the game and the offensive line Passer checked pretty well last year, and they didn't have Christian McCaffrey to be fair. But still, like there was some opportunities to, like with a Curtis, DJ, and Robbie Anderson all went over a thousand scrimmage yards Woo. with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Right, that is that's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do, and that's when Teddy like that, that should get Joe Brady a head coaching position like today, yesterday. Right, and that's Just part of that. the fear too is. We, um, because I'm kind of leaning towards that now as well. Like, we ride out one more year, but then by the time our team is set, we've lost one of the best offensive coordinators in the league because he is already getting talked to for head coaching positions this year, right? Oh, yeah. He got, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. I know the Falcons interviewed him. Like, I think there was at least three. I mean, three, three, I know that he got interviews for. And I'm surprised he, he didn't get any of the jobs. Agreed. So, yeah, we, we do not have him for much longer. The end of this year, m- maybe next year, but he uh, he's going to go quick. Right. And uh, another note I have is, uh, so with the, with the draft and stuff, like as far as rebuilding the team, I think they should continue building the lines because last year their front fork did not generate any pressure outside of Brian Burns. It was it was horrendous. And, like, I remember fans complaining, like, well, why don't they blitz? Why don't they try to generate more pressure? Like, and at the end of the year, they started doing that. But their corners just got embarrassed after that. They, they need safety help and the d- d- double-team receivers because they can't cover people by themselves. So, with such a depleted secondary, it's just, like, the quick fix is to just draft more defensive linemen that can generate pressure. So, your back end doesn't have to cover the receivers as long. Right. No, yeah, that um, that generally helps DBs out, especially when they're we're so young out there now. Except for Trey Boston, I mean, everybody else is young, three years or less in the league. Mm-hmm. But sorry, I'm writing down a few things as well. But sorry. good take. I mean, definitely makes sense. So. Right, what do you think? Yeah. You, you, you have a point? Is there any more points to make? I mean, I don't, uh, no, I don't think so. I hit, it, I hit it pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, I guess, if you just want to lead me into mine. Okay. You know where I'll, you know where I'll stop? Like, I do not. <laughs> let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. Uh, So that's my take. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. So that's my so that's 
pretty much my take on what the Panthers should do moving forward. Dustin, do you think – what do you think? What do you think as far as what they should do? Are you thinking similar to me, or do you have a few different thoughts? So, originally I had a full blown-out plan. I thought we was opening like $70 million in cap space this year. Mm-hmm. I thought we had some chance to do something. So, I'll go ahead and lay out the plan I had for that. Yeah. I did have us making a play for Dak. So, I love Deshaun. He offers a lot. But one, is hard for me to pay a quarterback $35 plus million. Um even though Deshaun's worth it, but no quarterbacks making over $25 million to ever won a Super Bowl. Maybe Deshaun's that guy. But on top of that, you're taking away your development as well. I mean, over the next few years. And realistically, you're taking offensive linemen away from him because that's what we'll need to use around him. You're losing two first and two second. And, um, and one of those first being number eight overall pick, as well as adding in that huge cap space. So, I had us taking Dak in free agency, doing our best to keep it around $30 million, trying to get him for three years, save those two first and second round picks. Um, now that really getting him set in, going for Kyle Pitts at number eight. Mm-hmm. Huge tight end guy. I mean, my own personal belief, I think you're not a consistently solid team until you have a true like contender for number one at tight end spot. You look at the Super Bowl this year, Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the league. Gronk, that game, Super Bowl game, showed you he's still a top five. Um, I mean, beginning of the year, I heard a, uh, on the Pat McAfee show where over summer they were supposed to be doing workouts. Right. Gronk sent in just – he did all of his workouts in one day, but he filmed it in different T-shirts so he could send in different ones every week. Instead of actually doing the workout. So he didn't even hit like being physically fit till halfway through a year. And at that point he just started producing. So I'm just a big believer in you need a tight end. Kyle Pitts is six six, two forty, moves like a wide receiver. He's burning um SEC defensive backs. I don't know if many linebackers inside or outside can hang with him at the NFL level either, especially after a year or two. But big on Kyle Pitts. After that, going O-line in the second round, um, the couple ones that would be available, looking like Wyatt Davis, guard out of Ohio State, or Jalen Mayfield, tackle out of Michigan. Second round, so I did have us getting two second-round picks. I would be trading Teddy for a second round. Um, would like to get a little bit more, but I feel like that's safe. So with that would be looking inside linebacker. There was one available that's a little bit positionless in Baron Browning out of Ohio State as well. He's guarded some tight ends. He's come off the edge a little bit. Um, still have to do a little research on that. Third round, going back to line. Fourth round, um, O-line, D-line, whatever's there. But in my opinion, I think fourth and fifth round is where you find your real defensive backs out of your schools that aren't power five, Legereus Sneed coming up to Louisiana Tech. Um, he's the guy I was actually big on last year. So I think that is where you find your DBs. I don't think you go for Notre Dame guys out of the fourth or fifth round. I think you start looking outside the power five. Those are real athletes that just hadn't developed yet in high school. Um, 
but they developed those two years in college. So, but that's what I had. Obviously, that would not work out. Along with that, re-signing Curtis Samuel, re-signing Moten. There's a couple players I'd like to make a play for in free agency. If Hunter Henry were there, although I'd rather have Kyle Pitts, but Hunter Henry's um, a stud. Another one is Mike Davis, because his contract is in, up now too, right? Yes. So, and I just don't think we use Mike Davis the way we could. I think we could use a one-two punch with Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey the same way that the Saints use Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara gets to stay on the field a little bit longer because he doesn't get injured as much because he's not always running through the tackles. Mm -hmm. Mike Davis can take that beating a little bit. He is open to taking that beating. He actually had a tweet today saying that um, they could have a very similar thing going on. But he said at the end of the day, he's like, I'm not going to say too much, though, so – We'll see what's going on with that contract dispute there. Um, some things I like about the Panthers, though, I do like the speed receiver set. Those years we tried to go Benjamin and Funches with the two big guys, just couldn't get separation, didn't really work out. So we have guys that get separation separation now. Uh, but big things, we have to address our offense line. Same thing you said. Absolutely. Um I know I've said this to you before, but we haven't used our first overall draft pick on an offensive lineman since Jordan Gross in 2003. You look at your teams that are contenders, they've used three of their first overall draft picks in the last 10 years on offensive linemen. And that includes the Browns now. And they, you see what they were able to do when they did so. So with that, obviously all that kind of goes down. Uh, the drain as I come to find out that we only have $17 million in cap space. So I'm riding the boat with you, Andy, and <laughs> rolling with Teddy for one more year. We open up $129 million in cap space next year. I am still big on getting Kyle Pitts this year, though. Because, um, I mean, have has there ever been a tight end? As far as I've been looking at the draft, I don't know if I've ever seen a tight end predicted to go in the top. Maybe, I mean, I mean, if you look for just recent memory, like TJ Hawkinson, maybe uh, oh, who's the other one? I, I know um, Noah Font went pretty high. I mean, comparison wise, I think he's more like a Vernon Davis type of tight end. Right. Just, just fast, good hands, physical, and like that's hard. It's a hard combination to find in a tight end. Right, something we thought we had found in Ian Thomas. Big guy, can easily block if he needs to, and we, he had some hands in college. So, I, I still believe in Ian Thomas, too. That's, we, hopefully he can turn it around, but it's, it, it just seems like he disappears sometimes. Right. I do like Ian Thomas, but I really like Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Be a good one-two punch. But that, yes. Bring some competition for him, too. We already have a ton of weapons on the offensive side, but Again, so do the Chiefs, but I don't know what would they be without Travis Kelsey. I mean, they'd still be dangerous, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but you know, what would the 49ers have been without George Kittle? I mean, tight ends just play a big role, and especially when they can play a big role in sealing off those edges, putting on those blocks. Um, I mean, they just give your offense a different dynamic. So that's what I got, again rolling with you one more year with Teddy. Um, and here's the thing. Teddy has the perfect bridge contract. 
he's just guaranteed twenty million this year or fifteen million. He's going if we keep him, he's only a twenty million hit. Next year he's only guaranteed five million. So even if we end up cutting him or anything, there's only five million in dead cap space, which isn't bad for coming off of your starting quarterback. So that's what I got. Any takes on that, Andy? No, I just, I just, it just, it's just a shame it has to work out like that. But it's just what's bad. I mean, it's just gonna suck for another year because I know every year you want to compete and you want to. There needs to be some sort of hope, you know. Like I like, I like that a feeling of. You never know. Yeah, maybe they'll make a run this year. Maybe not. But with Teddy a quarterback, I don't see that happening. But right. for the betterment of the future, it's it's what has to be done. Unfortunately. Of course, I mean, of course, they could bring in competition. Mac Jones, second round, and eventually he he steps in for Teddy Bridgewater. If he starts to struggle and then he starts to look good, then we have a steal there, quarterback. A um, possible still in the draft for a quarterback would be Kyle Trask out of Florida, who really lit up the stats this year. Granted, he's throwing to Kyle Pitts and some of the best receivers in the SEC, but surprisingly they have this guy fallen to the fourth round. I know there's been talk about him going the first round. Um, big arm type of yeah. guy. He's pretty mobile. I mean, um, I think I'd rather go for him in the third or fourth round than taking Will Greer or someone similar to Will Greer in the third or fourth round. Um, so that's just another option out there. Again, I'm not big on reaching on Mac Jones or anyone of that nature either. Yeah, we'll just see. We'll just have to see how it plays out. I, because I have no, I have no clue what like people keep asking me, like, what are the Panthers gonna do? What are they? And I'll, I, I tell them, I was like, I, I, I have no clue. Because obviously they want to improve at the QB position. That is a hundred percent. So that's just what I have to base it on. So my gut feeling. I do. I mean, I do think they're going to trade. I, I don't. I don't think they should, but I think they will trade up in the draft. Like, and, yep. and that's just because they've already tried to. Um, they, 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 I don't know if they value the asset asset as much as we do. If right. they think they need a quarterback, they will get a quarterback. Right. Um. And again, do, do we just go through some kind of Sam Darnold and Andrew Luck thing if we reach for a quarterback now and? How many offensive linemen do we have that are top that we have signed through the next two or three years? I did just see that Taylor Moten is actually the 12th best free agent this year. So have to find some money to pay him. Mm-hmm. But is it worth it to go up for a quarterback this year if he's just going to get injured and beaten down like Matthew Stafford did for years? It's it's hard to say. It's hard, it's hard to say. I'm, this was, I guess that's why we're not making these decisions. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, frustrating. Thought we had more money, but we'll see what we do. see what we got this year. So there you go, have it. That is our takes. Um, I think guess we both ended up having pretty similar takes on kind of what the outcome will this be this year, just with the salary cap and everything. But we do have quite a bit opening up next year, so um, kind of went with the same bout. But we appreciate you again for tuning in to the Panther Post podcast. As I said, we try and keep it around 10, 15 minutes, and we'll be posting again next week. So thank you again.